Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, Freescape Friday. The Mock Draft Day is finally here, but before we jump into the Mock Draft, we do need to get our opening sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Got some fancy NHL bets to go over today, starting off with an easy one. Well, maybe easy. Under. Six and a half defensemen going in the first round. It's a pick em. You can go either way. If you like, overtake that. But we we consensus came together, decided to take the under on that one. Despite our second bet, our second bet, we're going with Jamie Drysdale going at two. Now, I don't think the odds on that are very high, but it's plus 2,000. So you put 10 bucks on that. Why not win yourself a big haul if it does end up happening? You can make the big bucks. Go for it. Try and win yourself some money. We will have a ton more bet coverage for you on our live draft show, too. We'll get the math magician in there, Andre, on it to let you know which picks to take right before the draft. DraftKings Sportsbook is also offering great offers when it comes to other sports as well. NFL, they're continuing to run their offer this week. If you're a new user, bet $1 to win 100 bucks on any NFL team if they win this week. So be sure to jump on that while you still can. If you haven't jumped on it already, of course. And you can always use their amazing odds booths, everything like that as well. So great options, top to bottom. Again, be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app when you can and use code DNVR when you sign up to get that amazing promo must be 21 or older Colorado only profit boost terms and conditions as well as eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 all right let's jump into the show I do want to get into the mock draft real quick but I have a trivia question for you guys I tweeted a little bit about it a couple days ago since the inception of the NHL draft, there have been 16 first overall picks to win the Stanley Cup. Only 16. Can you name them? Oh, come on. You want us to name 16 dudes? 16? I expect you to be able to name 10 pretty easily, and then I'll tell you the rest. Um, Go yep. on. In your face. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Got me, fella. <laughs> uh, how far back are we going? Since the beginning of the NHL draft, which was 1963, I believe. Good God. Why is that? I will okay. tell you, no one from the pre-expansion era won a couple. Okay. So you got Crosby, Stamkos, yep. Kane, Yep. Ovechkin, yep. and Flurry. That's the five most recent. That should take that should take care of the two thousands. Yep. Because Nash, Kovalchuk, DiPietro. There did were not. five between nineteen seventy nine and nineteen ninety nine. Patrick Stefan was a no. Vincent Lecavalier was a yes. Yep. Uh. There's a couple super obvious ones left. You said post expansion, like Gretz yeah. and Messier, and well, Gretz, Gretz wasn't, wasn't drafted. drafted. Yeah. Right. So, oh, Mario. Yep. Mario. Oh, you're looking at first round picks, aren't you? I can't even remember what they are. First overall. First picks overall. Yes. 
Um, Mike Madonna. Yep. That's eight. There's one, maybe two other obvious ones that I think you could probably get. Did... They're a little bit older, though. Did Perot ever win one? Nope. I don't... He did not? Nope. Well, and you get drafted by Buffalo. <laughs> that was the one. I... Oh, um... Um, Bob Van. Yep. Did Bobby Smith win one? No. Yes, he did. Sorry. Yeah, that is Bobby not Smith. one I thought you guys would get. That's 10. Wow. Uh, there's one more super obvious one. I don't know if you guys will get him, but. What year is it from? Old. I can't tell you the exact year. I don't have it pulled up, but Canadian. Oh, from. When you say Canadian, you mean Canadian and not like Correct. he's a Canadian. Correct. Okay. Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what a Bobby Smith is. That was such <laughs> yeah, a crazy that was, that was out of left field. Um, was Guy Lafleur uh, first overall? Yep, and that's the one. Boom! Uh, <laughs> also, Joe Murphy with the Detroit Red Wings. Rob Ramage. I was going to Who did he win it with, though? It wasn't Calgary. obviously the Rockies. Calgary. Yep. Oh, that's right. God. Uh, Rick Green. Rajan Hule, who won five with the Canadiens, by the way. Oh, only five. And Michelle Plass are the 16 first overall picks to win a cup. Just to say that only about 30% of first overall picks in NHL history have actually won a Stanley Cup. Curious how many actually get to the finals, though. A lot of them get to finals. Yeah, because, like, um, it's actually crazy, because if you look at the 2000s, basically the entire 2010s, none of those first overalls have ever done anything in the yep. postseason. Like, that entire, the entire decade, 2010 to 2019, none yep. of them. Yeah, it's pretty rough. McDavid's well, it's wild because like finals. Yeah, there are some great players on that list, but it's yeah. like nope. Well, that's the yeah, most recent one crazy. to win it is Stamkos in 08. So yeah, added himself to that list. Yeah, Kane in 07 was right behind him, but yeah, and then Crosby 05, Ovechkin and Flurry in four and three. In any case, we have a full first round ahead of us, so let's stop beating around the bush. I'm Rudo, as always, AJ Hayfley, and Dario Ronzoni back on the pod to break down some draft stuff for you. Bring up the big board here as we're going fancy with today's mock draft. We got the whole situation up. I have the first overall pick, which is already selected because there is zero doubt on DraftKings Alex Lafreniere, minus 10,000 to go first overall. Jesus. You cannot make any money with that one. Lock it in, lock it up. New York's taking Lafreniere. Easiest pick of your life. The draft actually begins with AJ at two for the LA Kings. <sighs> so I don't want to be like dramatic about this for the sake of drama, but I have actually spent, uh, when did I send you guys the order? Like Monday or Tuesday? And I have Something spent like all week agonizing over what I wanted to do with this pick. <laughs> 
Yeah, the I'm torn. I'm torn between what do I think is going to happen and what would I do. <laughs> and I decided, you know what? I get to play GM like once a year. F this. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm taking Byfield. I he's like just that. he's just too big. It's just too many too many skills in such a rare package. I am taking the swing on the guy that I think has a chance to just be a truly truly dominant player in the NHL. I don't know that he gets there, but if there's even a ten percent chance that he ends up where he could and lives up to that potential, it's worth it. I'm taking him. I mean, LA taking the big dude isn't that surprising either. Like, screw the rest of the system. Not thinking about oh, oh they took Alex Turcott last year. Oh, good for them. He can he can play second fiddle behind Quentin Byfield. Yeah. Byfield's the man. Yeah, to me, it's a um, this is a lot like the Duchesne draft where the number one overall is pretty obvious, and you have two and three and. Uh, my pick for Ottawa, I think, is pretty obvious for them, and I think that's Stutzel at three. Um, I haven't seen a guy that can that can skate through defenses, and he, the marriage of his feet and his hands, I, you know, it's like a Patrick Kane. He just slices through people. He's just a he's a. I don't know if he'll he won't have the scoring capability or the the shooting capability of a Patrick Kane, but he certainly can skate like a Scott Niedermeyer or a or a Patrick Kane. He can just he he's like born to skate. He's an incredible skater. So, yeah, I think they'll they'll take him at three if he's there. I can't disagree. One and three are the two easiest picks in this draft. I think. At yeah. one, you take Lafreniere. At three, you take whoever's left of Byfield and Stutzel. It's yeah, it's a slam dunk for Ottawa too because they have another pick at five to do whatever they want with. So, that's tough though. Like you got to get that right. Like Dude. from Ottawa's perspective, if you screw this up, you're—I mean—you'll never have a better chance. Ten top 100 picks, two in the top five. You got to get this right. Yeah, and Stutzel's not without risk, in my opinion. I mean, there's there's a chance because of the way um, you know, because of his goal scoring numbers aren't aren't fantastic, and in the World Juniors, he didn't score a ton of goals. Matter of fact, I don't know if he scored even one, but. Um, but yeah, the talent's obvious when you when you put eyes on him, he, he can do some things. It's he look, he's legit and at this class, I think we'll get into this more later, but in two or three years we're gonna be saying, Oh, the DEL is a super legit developmental league, or we're gonna be saying, Oops, maybe <laughs> it's not so hot. Maybe we'll wait to draft those guys until they've already come over to the pond and they've been imported into right. into the CHL. Exactly. Uh, so I have four with Detroit. Uh, I actually don't think they go defense with this pick because they have more at cider. Uh, they need pretty much everything, at, honestly. But when you have a high-end pick, I think you need to take advantage of it and take a lot of talent. And I actually like Lucas Raymond here. Uh, I'm taking him over Cole Perfetti. I think he fits their style quite a bit. He's an extremely intelligent player that you can drop into that lineup and get a lot of value out of playing alongside. You know what? We're going to have to see who just, who Detroit decides to move out and who they decide to keep. But I think he can work excellently alongside Dylan Larkin. Yeah. Raymond's a super, 
safe pick in my opinion he can do everything i don't think there's any risk of him not being in the nhl and being an effective player he's he's really good so what i have the fifth pick and um aj doesn't agree yeah i've i've gotten lower and lower on raymond the more i've gotten into this i see i i'm the other way i've gotten higher on raymond as i'm gone i definitely think that had ken holland still been in detroit raymond would have been my slam dunk pick with the swede feel yeah yeah and with eiserman there um i would actually be surprised if it's raymond fair enough so the obvious pick for ottawa i apparently i i'm the gm i have all the ottawa first round picks somehow and I know AJ used a, a randomizer to pick our, our our selection, so I just got lucky, I suppose. No, um, I mean I gave I assigned a, we all have uh the same teams. That oh way, okay. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. So um so Ottawa, the obvious pick is Drysdale, but I'm the GM. I think they never have an opt and, and so they have so many picks in the top one hundred. They'll never have an opportunity like this again, perhaps. I say they take the goaltender right now. I take they, they take Askarov. They set up their their goaltending. They have a they have a number one defender already in Shabbat, and they have a top end uh, forward prospect with Stutzel. Uh, Stutzel, this is this is what I do. I take the goaltender now. Comparisons to. Carey Price and Flurry, they've never seen talent like this before at, at this level for a long time. They do it now. The top five goalie, man. It's a huge risk, but they can afford the risk of any team in this draft. They can afford the risk. That's what I do. And I say, AJ, just shaking his head. Just ruined me. You just ruined me. <laughs> AJ was geared up to take him with his nope. next pick. <laughs> yep. I've got New Jersey at seven, and that's exactly what I was gonna do. And I was like 90% confident I was gonna get there because I know Rudo wasn't gonna do it. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, yeah, no way at Anaheim. Yeah. Son of a gun, you so and so. Uh, do you disagree? Is that a smart move or is that a poor if move I was, for Ottawa? If, if we were in swapped positions and I was the GM for Ottawa, that's exactly what I would do. Boom. So. All right. I have Anaheim at six before we get to AJ at, at seven. So New Jersey can scramble, scramble and make a couple calls here, maybe. But uh, Anaheim, I think 100% goes D. They need D in their system. However, I don't think they take Drysdale. I think they go with Sanderson. Looking at their draft history, they've taken seven players out of the USHL in the last three years and just one out of the OHL. So, granted, the year before in 2016, they took Max Jones out of the OHL, but they've heavily invested in scouting in North America, even picking up a kid in the second round, Jackson Lacombe, out of Minnesota High School. So I think that Sanderson is the pick for Anaheim. Okay. AJ salty about all of our picks. Right <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> he's about to—he's like super sad he didn't get the goalie, but he's about to slam dunk a Cole Perfetti pick right now. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Look, I'm New Jersey. I need defense. I'm—I'm uh, I'm dying for defense in my system. I don't have it, but you know what I do have? I got three first rounders, so I'm not getting cute with this one. I'm taking Cole Perfetti, who I think should go four. 
So Perfetti, and I'm just, you know, I don't know that he stays at center. And with Jack Hughes and uh, Nico Heischer, I don't really care. He can move the wing all he wants. I don't have to worry about pace. I don't have to. I don't. I don't have to worry about any of that. This Cole Perfetti. Um, mm-mm, this is an easy pick for me. This is just drop him in there and let him go to work. I am curious now, as at eight you pick again with Buffalo AJ. This one. This one. Uh, way less sassy. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna take Jamie Drysdale and hope that he develops into the long term partner for Rasmus Dahlin. Jamie Drysdale to go over pick six. You can get plus 135 on DraftKings right now. Uh, Yeah, might be a good deal. They weren't even, they don't even have Cole Perfetti on here. They're not even willing to to give us that option. Haters. (laughs) Ooh, they have some matchups. I haven't even looked at some of these, but we got to keep these things moving a little bit. Next up is myself with Minnesota at nine. Had Askarov fallen that far, I would have seriously considered it. But, of course, he did not. Uh, Minnesota needs mostly forward help. They've they've struggled severely on that side with, uh, we'll call it some missteps uh, <laughs> in recent draft classes. Uh, I don't think they they pass up on Rossi either. I think this one is is pretty by the book. He's the best center left on the board. They have literally no real legitimate top six centers you could make the argument for right yeah. now. So easy one. Yeah, and if from a Colorado perspective, if it falls like this, this is a disaster. <laughs> it's not good. That's for sure. Yeah, it's a disaster. If this, if that's how this is gonna go, so uh, I, I, I have ten. I uh, spent all week not planning on using this pick, but Dario and I agreed uh, to swap these based okay. on uh, the amount of time we spend watching these teams, <laughs> the teams of our significant right. others. <laughs> so uh, I, had, I originally had Edmonton's pick at fourteen, and he had the Jets at ten, and we agreed to swap. So I guess this is me. Um, you know, I'm. They need defense like crazy here, right? Like they badly need defense, but it, there's just not a defenseman that I'm comfortable taking on this list. Um, I'm. I, I think that, given the fact that I think they're going to trade Line A, getting a goal scorer like Holtz or Quinn is really, really intriguing. But they need high end centers. They need it badly, and that's why I'm going to take Hendricks Lapierre. Going with the injured guy. Yep, I'm gonna. You know, when I uh, the injuries the the injuries were more of a neck problem than a concussion problem, and I think because of that, uh, I'm buying in on the upside. I'm buying in on, on the dynamic talent. The only other guy that I I like for this spot would have been Anton Lundell. I don't like his feet. I don't like his upside. I would rather roll the di- roll the dice on Lapierre and try and get another high-octane offensive center to pair with all the really good goal-scoring wings that they have. So that's that's where I'm headed. I guess uh, I don't know who actually has 11. I do. <clears throat> I have 11 with Nashville, 
And I this is, this is nice for them. Is it because I'm about to do something really dumb? Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird way to approach this. You're the GM of these guys. Why? You, All right. I'm gonna. <laughs> I can see David Poyle just just getting on his conference call and be like, you know, I just felt like doing something dumb today, guys. <laughs> so, here's the thing: as much as it this it hurts me personally, especially because Alex Holtz is still on the board, but Nashville's system has literally no quality defense left in it, absolutely none. And it is a little bit of a reach, but it's not a, that much of a reach for them to go out and get Caden Gooley here. Mm-hmm. I think, look, when you look at where they're sitting, when you look at the way this draft shapes up, I don't think it's that unreasonable to want a D in the early part. Not the top 10, it feels a little rough, but in the early part, before the teens, I think you can convince yourself to go out and do it. And realistically, Nashville has nothing. Yes, I guess they just had Dante Fabro graduate, but they have no, in my opinion, NHL caliber D in their system right now. So they need one, and that's that's how they're going to get it. I think Goulet, I think both of the WHL kids are pretty translatable. Yeah, I think so. Um, where it's like these guys may not be stars, but I feel like you're you're really likely to get an NHL player out of them. Question and is, you know, just yeah. how good will he be? Right, and I think this is what's going to happen in the draft. To be honest with you, I you know I don't know if Goulet and Schneider are really you know top fifteen guys, but you know teams want centers and they want defensemen, and this happens every year. Guys go yeah. higher, um, and now I have Florida. And what do they need? Defense. They need defense. And this is so, this is exactly how it happens in real life. The dominoes right. start to fall. Yeah. So do they take the best player on the board, which is Holtz, who should have been top ten? He's dropped all the way down, you know, to twelve. Um, but they're in dire straits. They have tons of talent up front, and they need defense. So I'm going to take. Uh, um, and it's picking them too high. But I know what I'm doing. But Schneider is going to go to Florida right after Goulet. And he got four defensemen off the board already. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Uh, I have Carolina at 13, and I would have taken Schneider there if you didn't take him with Florida. Uh, they're, they're another system that needs D. But since you took him, I, it makes my pick easy. That's a, For me, I think you could really have the conversation on if you like Jack Quinn more than Alex Holtz. But I like Holtz better. So I'm taking Holtz for Carolina. They kind of have a a lot of riches when it comes to relatively young forwards, but hey, why not load up even more? Well I tell you sitting here for Edmonton, this is This is a tough pick for yeah. me. Yeah, because the like Jack Quinn has fallen. And Jack and Quinn I, Yeah. Jack, I mean, projecting Jack Quinn to play next to either Dreisaitl or McDavid or just on the right side <laughs> next to them is like, oh my gosh, right? The guy that the guy just scored fifty goals in the OHL, right? He's just a pure burner and just scores goals like crazy. And well, I and thought that, such a good two way player, right? And I thought that um, you know before uh, 
we did this, you know, I thought that Seth Jarvis would be what they would be targeting right there. But with Jack Quinn on the board, I don't think you have any choices. The BPA, you got to take, you got to take that right wing and you got to take that, that talent. There's just, you know, I, th there's been other people that have projected he would be, uh, you know, like, like early top 10, like, like, like way up there, but that, that's the pick for Edmonton. If he's there, if not, it would be Jarvis, but I think it's going to be uh, Jack Quinn if he's there. If it unfolds like this. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, boy, sometimes the value is just the value. Yeah. Where you go in, like the, the fun part of this is that we all kind of go in with a, with an idea. Hey, these are, these are the guys that I like. And then, Things change. Picks start getting made. And People Alex start making them available at thirteen, and you go right. Well. Like, and it's not. It's it's not like, hey, it's, it's not that I don't like Holtz in other spots. You know, it's just other. You know, you have higher needs, and it's it's crazy that we could be sitting here looking at something like this. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, it. You know, somebody could drop into this and be like, "This would never happen," but then the actual draft starts, and Moritz Sider goes sixth overall. Yeah. And, all and, of a sudden, and everybody's like, blitz. yeah, oh. well, this got weird. <laughs> yeah. And I have back-to-back -back picks. I got Toronto now. And yes, you do. Toronto's gone in on defense last few drafts and, you know, their NHL level defense is questionable, but, you know, they're I'm not going to, yeah, they're not going to reach for Barron or Wallander at this point. So, you know, I think, you know, uh, they've picked uh, Swedes. They're comfortable with their scouting staff out there. They're going to take Anton Lundell if he's there, I believe. It's not super exciting. I don't think they'll go for a Holloway. I think they would go for uh, the BPA with Lundell right there. Yeah, and with their with their need, um, this is actually a great fit because they yeah. just don't need a guy you to come in and a three C and be fine with it straight up. They don't need to got to mm -hmm. blow the doors off of anything offensively. They can drop him in between behind Matthews and Tavares and just be like, Hey, you're our Jordan stall. You're, you're the, you're the shutdown guy. This is what you're going to do. And Lundell can do that quickly to the point where that guy might make that team right away. Like this is, this is, these last two picks are actually unbelievably good fits for their friend for these two franchises. Yeah, hard to argue. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, man, it'd be interesting if it fell this way. Yeah, well, I was fully ready to take uh, Rodion Amirov with my pick at sixteen with uh, Montreal, but don't have to because now. because of how this has played out. I'm taking Seth Jarvis. Uh, I just. I don't think I don't think I'm I'm not worried about him, you know, playing in the middle of the ice. And to be honest with you, I think that uh, with Montreal, I think that they with Suzuki and Kotkaniemi, they're okay down the middle. You know, if Ryan Paling ever becomes anything, then that's great. They're really good down the middle. But now, you know, you put you put Seth Jarvis next to a Suzuki. I'm in. I mean, I think that would be an awful lot of fun. And my only real concern is that. Montreal building team midget again. You know, they've yeah. got you know, back to back years. You go Cole Caulfield and Seth Jarvis. Like these guys better hit. You're banking on talent. Yeah. You're banking on a lot of goal scoring and some great feet and a lot of different attributes here, but they come in a, they come in a five foot seven and a five foot 10 package. Like it's, 
you're you're taking chances here. So my I only concern, yeah, I bet you they'd be, be tempted with Holloway there too. I think if I think they, if they wanted to play it safe, and and I was thinking, you know, with him with him around playing it playing it nice and safe, if they were just bank on the attributes, don't worry about the upside. Holloway is definitely a guy that that I would have considered there, but. I, w- I wanted the talent. I wanted the upside, and with Jarvis and Amirov both still on the board, I I, I love the upside too much. Seduced by potential. Would you consider this uh, this mock draft a little drunk, AJ? Um, I mean, I think I what I, what I like about it is that it has been bold. <laughs> it's been bold. <laughs> I don't know that we're in drunk territory, but it's been bold. Well. If you're not in drunk territory, you can get there with some Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR, which you can get from the farmhouse down in Littleton, straight from the source. You can even get it picked up roadside, although they do have the farmhouse open as well for dining, if that's your thing. Use code DNVR when you get your roadside pickup to save $5 when you call 303-803-1380. And you can see down at the bottom of the screen there, use the Breck Beer Locator to find it at a local liquor store near you course we also have wgt golf dnvr's gaming sponsor we now have just shy of 200 members in dnvr3 our third clubhouse so get in before that one fills up you can go to dnvrgolf.com to download search for dnvr3 to join the clubhouse we have tournaments every single weekend in fact aj i think we got to get one up here pretty soon for this um, week but tomorrow yeah yeah we'll, we'll figure it out no big deal. Oh, it is Friday. Today. We will get one up today. It is Free Skate Friday. Indeed. That's where we're at. Uh, yeah, it's a total blast. We had a big tournament the other weekend where people won cash prizes for the first time. So not going to be doing that every weekend, but, you know, I'm sure it'll come back around. So if you want to get your opportunity to win something from us, be sure to sign up and become part of the clubhouse. All right. Period two of Free Skate Friday going through the mock draft. We're sitting on Chicago at 17, which is Dario's pick here. So (laughs) if those four defensemen are gone, this is where, again, Chicago could reach for a defenseman. There's way too much talent on the board for them to take Barron, in my opinion, right here. I don't think they're that... um, I don't think they're that foolish to reach that hard because they want a position player, but uh, they're, you know, they should have taken Byron last year and they didn't that their, their, their defense is really kind of in a bad shape, but here, you know, just look at that board. There's nothing but forwards for as far as you can see. Yeah. And um, you know, they got a big centerman last draft, really good player. I love him. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think they have any problem with taking Mercer and taking the top winger that's left. Not, I mean, not a lot gets said about. Uh, He's been quiet. Uh, yeah, like it's there. It's somebody's gonna take him, and there will be no hype about it, and it'll just be like, "Who is this guy? Why are people not excited about him?" And it's just gonna be because he is who he is. Like it's, it's just not a sexy package. He's a really good two-way wing who plays ultra hard and has a serious edge to his game and has high hockey IQ. And when you watch it and it's like, look, this isn't, this isn't flashy. This isn't a super sexy game. It's just very effective, very translatable. You put this guy next to Kirby doc and they're starting to build a problem. 
Except for their defense. I don't know what they're going to do about that. They'll have yeah. to get it later and hope they, they get I the mean, right guy. Between, between uh, Debrincat and Kubalik and now Doc and, and now with this pick, Mercer, it's like, Jesus, these guys are going to transition out of Kane and Taves and they're not going to feel it. Yeah. Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> I... I have no arguments with Mercer there. I, I think it, you put it pretty well, AJ. He's he's a pick that some team is going to end up with him, and at the end of the day, they're going to be happy with him. Yeah. Well, back to uh, back to back, AJ in New Jersey again here. Yeah. Yeah, back to me. There's some choices here. Um, really, I I you know. There's a couple of guys that I really like with this. Um, but because I've got three first rounders, again, I can kind of do what I want. I don't have to worry about positions so much. Exactly. But at the same time, like I'm this is this is all, you know, with Perfetti, uh, I, I think he'll probably end up on the right side. I've got the centers down the middle and he sure and Hughes. This is where I'm just gonna take uh Amirov and I'm just gonna add him to the <sighs> to the coffers and make this just keep keep going. Uh, New Jersey doesn't have any history with Russians, no problems. You don't think the Kovalchuk thing's going to play we'll, any role or We'll see. The fact that the fact that he's uh he he gets to play in the KHL you know, I think uh there hasn't there hasn't been anything about him not about him being a tough sign, so I'm just not going to worry about it too much. There's only a couple of franchises that I would really, really, really be iffy with if I was picking for them and their history with Russians, and I don't know that New Jersey is one of them. Calgary is. So, I'm yeah, I'm not don't, I'm not going to worry about that. Um, the the other guy that I really, really considered with this was Connor Zary. Because uh, I don't know. Again, this is kind of like with Lundell in Toronto. I don't have to worry about the upside there. If he doesn't hit that maximum ceiling, I'm okay with that, and I get a really good, hardworking, uh, hardworking player that's going to contribute all up and down the ice. And if that guy ends up moving to a wing, I'm cool with that too. But I like Amirov's upside. That's really just what it was. Again, yep, buying in yeah. on potential. That guy just dances on the ice. He's, yeah. He doesn't have to think about skating at all. He can his lateral movement's unreal. He's he's got a lot of potential. So I have Calgary at nineteen. And I'm glad you took Amarov because I would have not taken him at all with Calgary. Had zero interest in the guy from Calgary side, they basically just don't, I don't know if they've ever drafted a Russian in the first round before. <laughs> so definitely wasn't going to happen, but you do leave me with the question of who to take because Calgary loves, loves, loves to take kids out of the Canadian hockey leagues. It's, they do it almost every single year with their first. I don't think Dylan Holloway is the way to go here, but Local kid. Yeah, you could go. You could go local for sure. You could. I. I. I'm pretty torn here because I do really like Zary, but I think 
I am going to go with Perot here. Interesting. I know. I know it's a little bit. Okay. It's probably a lot of bit high risk, but you're looking at a Calgary team who has underperformed in the last couple of years. They went out and did the stupid things to go out and get guys like Milan Lucic. And I think they want to take a swing on talent this year, which is what you're doing. If you're going and getting Jacob Perot, you have to have faith in his abilities and that you can get it out of him consistently. They're kind of a franchise that needs to do something like that too. Like yeah, they exactly. really they they're yeah. they're in it's this literally weird, the team like, named after the Calgary Zone. So right, yeah, they <laughs> they're, are they're stuck as like a low end playoff team right now. Yep, they need to take a swing, but man, pro man, I there's some of his film that looks just so bad. It it does it when he yeah, decides effort. that he doesn't want to play. It's awful. But when he turns on his speed and his yeah. his ability, it will wow you. Uh, just a quick intermission here. Uh, you mentioned you don't know if Calgary's ever taken a Russian in the first round. Oleg Saprikin in 1999. Okay, so this century they haven't taken a Russian <laughs> in the first round. There's a Hall of Famer. Just doing yeah. some research for you. Whoa. <laughs> that is... Today no way I don't think Russians. <laughs> so yeah. My, so um, yeah. Um, so Perot. Yeah, I mean the, the his offense is just uh, incredible. But man, some of the stuff away from the puck is just. Yeah, I would have concerns for sure. Yeah, and that's it's. Those are the concerns that make me uncomfortable when we talk about him at twenty five for Colorado. Is like I I love the goal scoring. The shooting is legit. They they've needed a guy like that for a long time that has high end goal scoring ability, but you know, so here, I the guess effort is serious. It, serious question. It's a real question. I just I'm not a huge believer in Dylan Holloway's upside. I'm not a believer at all in Dylan Holloway's upside. I can tell you, I have no plans on taking him anytime soon. Um, I will I tell you, with the number twenty one pick, Columbus is definitely going to take Dylan Holloway. That's my pick. It's Columbus. There is no question in my mind at all that they're going to take Dylan Holloway if he's there. Well, AJ's got to pick so, again. For yeah. so, so Dylan Holloway is uh, just a, a beast of a skater, finishes every check. You hope he turns into Tom Wilson if you're lucky. Um, but it's so far, um, it appears he has hands of stone because he's not scoring. But yeah. I think he, but I think he set all kinds of crazy records in the AJHL, which is a one of the lowest junior leagues prior to um, when he played with Wisconsin. Is that where he went? Yeah. Yep. Under Granado. So yeah. There's a, a really Granado factor. Wisconsin team that wildly underachieved, which right a, a Granado team underachieving with talent. Who knew? Shocker. <laughs> right. Korean Solani. Who knew? Yeah. Who so knew? yeah. So Holloway is a huge question mark as far as the offense, but there's no question the guy could skate and he could finish a check I, and play a two-way game. That's so great. We've, we've established you know who 21, is. but I'm, I am curious if AJ does the thing and reaches for a D here with New Jersey. Yep. <laughs> All right. I've decided with my third, with my third uh, first round, 
first round pick. I'm taking Justin Barron. Um, his medicals, oh. his medicals came back clean. Um, I'm taking the chance on him. I'm rolling the dice on the on the upside of the guy. You know, he's he's got great size. He's right handed. He's a really good skater. Very mobile. He is. He fits very very nicely into the modern day defenseman mold. Uh, the big thing was was the blood clot problem, and he just had surgery. And this morning, uh, Alan Heppel on our on our conference call, and Alan, Alan Heppel, I asked about it, and he said that uh, Justin Barron's medical rechecks came back last night, and they were cleared, and that he should be good to go moving forward, and that hopefully the blood clotting issue that he's been having problems with for a while now uh, are are cleared moving forward. So. Baron, Baron, there, and again with three first rounders, you can afford to take a little bit of a chance and reach on a guy that you really like. I really like Baron, and this is this is where I'm going. Um, three first rounders—it's a luxury for a reason. Yeah, no, I like Baron as a player quite a bit, but if he fell to Colorado, I don't think there's any way that they would ever take him. You don't think so? Not with blood clot issues and altitude. I tell you, you know, with. with the, I think that would be because, you know, even our development in, um, you know, with the Eagles, the guy would always be at altitude. I don't know how comfortable his camp would be with that. And uh, it would be a it would be a bit of a risk for a first rounder. Although once you get past 20, uh, that's one thing us Avalanche fans aren't used to is at lately anyway. And this is good news is we're not used to the. everybody in their game (laughs) yeah everybody has a hole everyone has a problem when you're below 20 in the nhl draft we're not talking miko rantanen anymore these just aren't that caliber of player and you have to you know if if nhl players are have our six tool players these guys have four or five of the tools and then they have question marks on some of the other things so we're we're 20 picks in really 21 because we knew who dario's taking that 21 (laughs) Uh, make a guy, do you, uh, for some of our for some of our later arrivals, could you could we get a recap? Could you scroll on up for us? We can get a little bit of a recap of how this is unfolding. Show so the far. spice at the top of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> how some of this got because right right now where we are, there aren't there aren't too many like by the time oh you get to gosh. twenty, it's leveled out quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> The team, the teams in the teams were the ones who benefited the most from us being the drafters today. Hard, uh, hard to argue there when you see Alex Holtz going thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Boy, yeah. yeah, Quinn at fourteen too. Yep. Those were the two where I was like, Ugh. oh boy, somebody's gonna look at this and be like, these guys are idiots. You say that, but. Look That's at last great. year's draft. Watch how it goes. Yeah. Like yeah. watch 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 the other Suzuki brother drop to like twenty-eight or something again, and you're just like, what? Watch Krebs fall past sixteen. Ugh. All the way to seventeen. Yeah. Nuts. So dumb. I s that's yeah, that's forever gonna <laughs> It's gonna bother you. Although it's... I it's going to tug at me just because I loved him so much. But like with new hook, like we spent so much time on new hook last year that I loved him too. I was like, they, they, they can pick a guy that I love and I'm always going to think about the other guy. And I'm just glad they picked one of those dudes and weren't like Thomas Harley. 
So anyway, we're all the way back to the Rangers for their second first rounder, which, uh, you know, I kind of forgot that Rudo had the Rangers just because yeah, it's, we, I didn't we even spent really no time on the first pick. Yeah. So uh, you're back. Yeah, I I don't think they, they overthink this pick too much. Um, they have decent prospect pools on both sides. I think they just step up and take the the BPA in, in Lucas Reichel here. <laughs> he he's a versatile forward, a guy that you're hoping talent wise is not that far away from the NHL, already playing in a pro league. He's someone that they can drop in and be an offensive able player, likely in like a third line role relatively quickly for them. If you get more out of him, you get more out of him, but it just helps round out a forward core that's going to be carried for the next couple of years by Zibanejad. They have Chris Kreider. They have Capo Caco, hopefully developing into into more than they saw out of him this year. So and they have Lafreniere, so you're going to take another wing? Sure. Why not? I don't think they, they need to strive for another center here. Like I Chris said, they have Zibanejad as a true number one. Yeah. You just want Reichel is all I'm hearing right now. Well, I'm not Colorado's GM, so I won't get him anyway. <laughs> that's that's how who's got twenty three now? Hang on. Unless you you Dario. guys have a legit argument. Twenty three is Dario with Philadelphia. Okay. I'm up. You're up. Yeah. You know, I it's so hard to get a read on Philly. I read up on them. I don't know. This is a mystery to me. And because it's a mystery, you know, I don't know that they really need defense or they need offense. I think that they might need some snipers and goal scorers. So a little part of me says if they don't go straight chalk and they go off the board a little bit, they might go after a Forster kind of, kind of guy. But I don't know that, Uh, you know, for me here, they're, they're, they're probably their best bet is to um, go after a Zeri or a Bork. And on those two, uh, I think that uh, I think Bork is the better player. So I think they take Bork. Wow. Yeah. I do not think Bork is the better player. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I know he's a smaller player, but I think he's a little more dynamic than, uh, than Zari for me. I love Zari. I hope he goes, I hope he, I hope he keeps falling, but <laughs> I nope. I don't think he's getting past AJ. <laughs> yeah. Um I tell you they're I'm I'm torn here at 20 at 24. Uh, I didn't think the whole 24 25 thing was going to matter, but uh but it's going to matter. <laughs> it might uh because there's two guys that I'm really that I really like uh, as fits here. But Connor's area, I think um I Really, really contemplated with the third New Jersey pick. Um, and if I just, I just didn't want to go three forwards. I wanted a defenseman for Jersey. Yep. Uh, so I had to reach there. Otherwise, Zary would have been a pick easily. Uh, for Washington, they kind of just need to start replenishing everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they've had some. They've taken some guys in the first round. You know, Lucas Johansson hasn't worked out. Um, Alexeyev is it's still early to see how he does, uh, but I'm I'm just not 
I'm not I'm I'm not comfortable taking any of the D here. I don't I don't really like Wallander's fit. He doesn't really strike me as a very capsish type type of fit. Um really it's it's Zeri and Gunler. And you know, because Gunler Gunler is yeah. the big the big boomer bust type of guy. You know, the we need we you know they Ovi's getting a little bit older. Oshi's Oshi's starting to age out. You know, Backstrom, even Kuznetsov, these guys are all getting into the 30s. They're going to need to start replenishing some of this, some of this talent. You know, and you know, Verana is great. He, he just had the big breakout, but you know, giving up on Burakovsky, Ty. But <laughs> I think I think I've just got to just straight up not get cute with this and just take the guy that I think is the best player, and that's Connor Zary. Yep. I think that's the correct pick. That's and I think that's just such a steal for them. He's such a he's such a yeah. good all-around player that he is. He's really good. I it, I'm sure we'll spend a lot of time here in number 25 with Colorado, but yeah. Um that I I think, you know, with all the craziness in the top of the draft that we that we mocked this is really the group we're talking about it's going to be the zari the bork um you know uh hopefully reichel uh jj paterka uh gunler gunler and forster both yeah wallander yeah i I think we've given the abs a pretty fair shake here and the guys that have come off the board and there's a lot to like at 25 here now yeah it if zari was there for the avalanche that would have been the guy i would have t- taken of all these people that are left right now um there is an argument to be made for the avalanche that they really need to replenish their defense um because everyone's graduating you could think that oh they have such a young great defense in the nhl but i know you guys have talked about this ad nauseum anyone who listens to this podcast know that there's a philosophy mm-hmm. that they need to replenish that whole defensive system but wallander gives me you know i <laughs> Man, at times he looks like magic. He's so good going forward, but his decision making. When it comes to defensemen, IQ plays a huge role. You know, if uh, if Zadorov had the IQ of a guy like um, like Eric Johnson, he would just be, you know, just be exponentially a better player in a lot of ways. And when it comes to IQ questions and decision-making questions with defensemen, I am not comfortable at all taking that guy in the first round. So Wallander, to me, is a clear second-round type of player. And I, if I'm the Avalanche, I, I don't take him at this spot. I hope they, you know, if they really want to take a chance with the Wallander, I hope they trade back. Before and I wouldn't be too upset if they did. Any deeper here. We do need to acknowledge Strava Craft Coffee here, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. And it's National Coffee Day, or at least it was a couple of days ago, but you can get a deal all week long here where Strava Craft is offering 30% off coupon for DNVR listeners this week through the end of the weekend. So be sure to jump on it while you still can. If you haven't tried it, now is the time. You can get great deals. You can even go down to the DNVR bar and try it there. 
for the weekend. Use code DNVR30, not 20, if you want to get that 30% off for this special deal. And then, of course, the DNVR21 will continue for you after that. And you can subscribe to the service going forward where you get 20% off every single week that way. So jump on and give it a try. Now the CBD has been known to help with anxiety, migraines, IBS, many other things as well. All right. I didn't want to interrupt too much. I will say, I don't know if I fully agree with you on Wallander, but it's a little bit tricky because I think he has good IQ in the offensive zone. I think he understands how to make effective passes to find his teammates there, but I will agree with you in the defensive zone. The decision-making is questionable. So yeah, I, this is a personal bias when it comes to defensemen. I love skaters. I'm like AJ there. I mean, a guy can skate. I just, my eyes get big. I get heart emojis in my eye, my irises. But when it comes to defensemen, what they do away from the puck is so important. And it can, it can so drastically affect how effective they are in the pro game that if there's any question with the first rounder on that, that front, that area of their game, uh, it just gives me real pause. So for me, where the Avalanche are here now, I, I think they take a forward. There's a lot of talent there. Um, I have a real problem also. I know not everyone agrees with this, but I have a real problem with two players that are in this range. Those two players would be Ridley Craig and Tyson Forrester. Um, uh, Craig, I don't think, deserves to be a first-round pick with his talent level and his, uh, his, his potential. Um, I know... You know he's a he's a tryhard. He'll take a hit and he'll get back up. He's like a he's like a Calvert. And if he can get a Calvert, sometimes that's worth a first round pick if he can get a little bit of goal scoring and contribution there. But to me, that that's not the guy I want. Um, Forrester, I got super r- real reservations about his skating. The way he stands up, the way it, it just looks hard for him. You know how some guys uh, don't look like they have to think about their skating? Forster has to think about what he's doing. And I always give you guys, or I've given this analogy to AJ, it's like the Tim Tebow effect, you know? Tim Tebow can look in camp. He changed his throwing motion. He looks awesome. And then he gets into a game situation, and all his mechanics go right back to where his instincts are. And I feel that's, the w- that's true with skaters at this age and this age of development. Um, I... I don't believe skaters can appreciably improve once they get to 17, 18. They are what they are. They can make small improvements, but I don't think they make giant steps. No matter how many power skating lessons they take, um, they are to a large degree of what they're going to be. So for me right here, you're talking Gunler, you're talking John Jason Paterka. And I like Gunler. I don't like his inconsistencies. But I love, boys, I love Paterka. I think he might actually be a better player than Reichel. And if Reichel was here, I would definitely consider him. I think the DEL and the Germans are doing something super special, kind of like when Line and Rantanen and Aho and all these guys came out of the Finland program. They did something. They changed something with their development programs and their youth leagues over there in, um, <clears throat> in Germany because – Paterka is my guy. That is who I'm taking if I'm the Avalanche. His performance at the World Junior Championship was exemplary. And 
what I love about his game is what he does away from the puck when he doesn't have it. The guy finds open ice, and all three Germans in the first round do this. They don't stop thinking. They don't puck watch when the puck is off their stick. They are looking for soft parts of the ice, and they are thinking the game. And then when you watch some of the skill level of these three Germans and what they're doing with rolling their wrists, the saucer passes, the, the attention to detail in the game, they're so developed. I am so impressed with what all three of these kids can do. Um, they're skating, you know, the, the skating for Paterka is his, his north-south skating speed and his burst is fantastic. The, the criticisms I would have about his game would be his mobility um, east to west. And that probably has a lot to do with why he's a winger. Um, but I love where he shoots from. He has a higher... Uh, he has a higher danger shooting, high danger shooting percentage than even Stutzel in the German leagues. He is, um, I think he is a, um, a fantastic player. And I think he could be even better than Reichel in my opinion. And that's who <laughs> I take that with the avalanche right here. Boy, I, I like Paterka a lot too. And I'm perfectly comfortable with the pick. I'm not as sold on his skating as you are. I think it's good enough but I don't know if it's going to be an asset to him at the next level. That's that's one of the few reservations I have on him, though. Uh, like you said, a very, very polished. I think he plays a relatively simple game. He understands that with his skating, you alluded to his lateral skating, he's not a guy that's going to walk around dudes that often. So he understands he needs to find the soft spots, and that's how he's going to get to produce his points. I agree. I think his shot is significantly better than Reichel's, especially from distance. Uh, he's stronger on the puck than Reichel as well. So He's also a lot more physically mature than Reichel. That is true. Um, they're, they're right about the same height. He's 20 pounds heavier. So uh, Paterka, Paterka has way more of a, a mature body today than Reichel does. And that's one of the reasons why with Reichel, I think you wait, you're probably waiting maybe two or three years on him. And with Paterka, it's, it, it could be one year in the DEL, a year in the AHL and as a top call up, like it could given, be that quick for him. Given Paterka's physical maturity, maturity, is there any consideration to bringing him to the AHL immediately? Um, Not this year. No, Not but you me. know, I, I heard that he was selected by the London Knights, so there's a possibility once they open things up in the OHL that he could actually come over and play um, on North American ice. I'd prefer um, that. Yeah, so I, I definitely, if I'm the Avalanche and I select him, I want to get him over on the smaller ice surfaces. I don't want him to keep uh, playing games in the DL if I can help it, or maybe even, you know, if he can. I don't even know how those European leagues work that way. I don't know if he can go to the SHL or he can do go to a higher tier league, but I definitely would want to up his game and preferably put him on smaller ice. Yeah. Um, getting him in North America in North American rinks would be ideal and yeah. getting him to come over and play a year in the CHL would be fine uh, because then you could still promote him to the AHL the next year because he's European. Yeah, that's the benefit of a Euro. It would have to be a hefty signing bonus, I would think, though, to get him out of a pro league. Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe he wants yeah, to come over and do that, you know? That's true. Especially yeah, I, especially yeah. an organization like London. Like, it's like that's that's a that's that's one of the CHL programs that you come across to play in. 
not they, you know they it's, go it's get different. guys and turn them into NHLers. That's for sure. Right, that's, like it's that's it's, a full rank every night if we can have people at rank. <laughs> yeah, like it, it, if Chikudami yeah. is the one taking him, you're you know you're probably yeah, not getting story. him to come across. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for so yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, I love him. I I, I think he uh, if he's there, I'm super happy as an Avalanche fan, and um, it, yeah, I just I, I think he's got tons of potential. I'm I'm spot on with you, Dario. I think yeah, I, I, I I like Wallander a little bit more. It would hurt me a little bit to see Wallander not get taken by the Abs, but I have no interest in Greg at all. Forrester, I'm yeah. not super high on. I, I think you put it well. I I would be maybe more hyped if they took Gunler, but there is the very big risk with him that it doesn't work as well. Yeah, I think for me, Paterka, Goodler, and Brisson were the three guys that I would say these are these are the guys that I would be hyped on. Um, there, there are a handful of others. Like if they took a Forster, uh, if they took a Wallander, I'd be fine. At, I would. I would be Greg, fine. I think I could talk myself into any of the guys in this range. Yeah, please don't take Greg. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean he's a fine player, but I just I don't feel him. There at twenty five. Yeah. Um. Fear. Just a theoretical, real quick. Uh, we've talked about them trading down, um, and I've talked a lot about them trading down to twenty eight uh, with Ottawa because Ottawa has four second round picks. They if they if they're in this position, board. and this is what the board looks like, I'm even more in favor of it yep. because you're still going to get one of these guys if you can get down to twenty eight and you get that second round pick. That would be ideal. You're at worst, you're getting, I guess, whoever you like worse out of Brisson and Wallander. Like, well, and I'm, yeah, I mean, maybe you end up with with Paterka anyway. Right, you could still get Paterka there. You get one of these dudes. Yeah, and, one right. one of one of Paterka, Gundler, Forster, Brisson would be there. Yep, guaranteed. Yeah. This is what the board looked like. And I looked up the history of trading, you know, down out of the first round, and it's not very common in the first fifteen picks. But boy, it was a lot more common in the last fifteen than I thought it was. It's happened quite a bit in recent history, so it's not beyond question that the Avalanche do trade down if they can pull it off. Would really screw up our draft show if they got if they if they <laughs> dropped to thirty two with Detroit. Oh, that would be. It would awful. really screw us up. Stay in the first, please. <laughs> yeah, like if you're gonna trade down, this is why I always say Ottawa twenty eight because I think it's a realistic target. And it's like, okay. And that's that's where the 24-25 thing probably hurt them the most was yeah. Ottawa Ottawa jumping up from 28 One to 25. Value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Harder to talk them into it. You could maybe talk with San Jose. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, San Jose was the other one because they also pick at the top of the second round. And they have an extra. They have Colorado's second rounder. So yeah. You're moving all the way back to 31 there is the thing. <laughs> I'd be fine with that too. Um, move back to thirty-one, and then you add Colorado's original second-round pick. I'm good. I would also be good with that. And then we're having the same conversation about whichever of these guys are left over. Which Dario, I think you you have the Blues. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the dog butt St. Louis Blues. <laughs> My bitter a little bit. Pick somebody uh, bad. Well, you know I've. I've heard that they like really like Ryan O'Rourke, which is kind of down the field as far as uh, defensemen. Um, but that's that's reaching a bit, and um, I'm not sure that that St. Louis is going to be willing to do something like that. Um, Look at yeah. all those D Bob has ranked higher than O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, Jake Neighbor seems like such a St. Louis type of player. Um, wow. You know, I wouldn't take that if I were them. I would I would go after uh, um, a Gundler, but um, or even a Brisson. Boy, you know, but Craig could be their kind of guy too. You know, I was kind of targeting. I was targeting a, a defenseman here, and I think that uh, Petro being, you know, going out to market, I don't think they're going to be able to resign him. I think they might get a little gun shy and scared, and I think they might take Wheelander anyway. So that'll be my pick for him. I think they're going to take the defenseman. The Wallander, that Wallander. hurts me. Watching yeah, Wallander go 26 hurts me. Especially knowing St. Louis was the team that took your yeah. guy last, last year. year too. <laughs> I mean, do you guys disagree with that? Do you think they might I be don't. a little bit? No, I don't disagree at all. It just hurts me. Shell shocked yeah. from Petro moving on. And I mean, that's not how you should think about drafts because, you know, that's a guy that's three, four years out. Yeah, I mean, I'm. At, at 26, it's kind of a yeah. whatever to me. I, I mean, the Blues are in a weird place defensively anyway. Outside of Pareko, their they're starting lineup, I guess Vince Dunn as well, but out, outside of those two, their lineup is kind of just a hodgepodge of dudes that are waiting to get spots taken away from them. So we'll see. Yeah, they have Prunovich coming, uh, but... I think D is, does make some sense for them beyond just Petro leaving. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, their system is barren, dude. Yeah. And like Perunovic is, is the last bastion of prospects for them. Pretty much. And he just turned pro. So it's like, this is it. Gonna, you guys need to replenish that whole thing. going to do. Yeah. They, they've had some, that, huh? that they low key have had some bad drafts. Some real bad drafts. Turning turning Dominic Bach into Justin Falk. Yeah, that was bad. Like, I think that's good work by them, but then Justin Falk's contract being a reason that they may lose Petrangelo, that's a, you know, and a, a set of unforeseen circumstances that really caused that, but it's what happens when yeah. you play is with it, fire when you just assume the cap is always going to go up. When, yeah, that's true. when they announced that fault contract, everyone was like, are you sure? Yeah. Well, I mean, like he's he hasn't been a good even strength player for most of his career. He's a really good power play guy. And when you had Petrangelo and Pareko, and then when Vince Dunn showed up, it was like, why do you need this specialist? Yep. But St. Louis always wants to be involved in the big stuff, and it finally looks like it's going to cost them. So there anyway. Know. Anaheim, another another pick. Uh, yeah. Rudo, I believe, way yes. back at the beginning, you had them. I I think this is a slam dunk Gunler pick for them. They already got their D early in the draft. They're not worried about about hold that problem. Gunler's a super high end yeah. opportunity guy for them. They've never shied away from taking the Swedes. It's not hard, and and this is an organization that develops kids very very well. And with um, some of their picks in recent years, like a Comtois, they don't shy away from attitude issues. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I have Ottawa for the third pick in the first round. You know, they took a, they took Stuchel and they took the the goaltender. I think here they try to get a little. Um, uh, yeah, you know, there's only one wing there that. He's a two-way guy. I, I Brison to me, uh, this is just bias. I like Brison better than anybody right, that's left on this board, and that's the guy I'm going to take. Um, 
I like his goal scoring. That's who. Uh, that's who I take. His one timer is so nasty. He's. I don't know if he'll be a Brett Hall kind of guy, but he, you know where he just finds soft ice and just releases it. But he does have a release. That guy has a nasty release. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. I don't. Uh, I don't think he stays in the middle of the ice, but. I don't think he does. Right. No, not with Stutzel picked either. I think, you know, I think it's, you're going to, you know, that's the thing with a lot of these centers that are later in the draft, you know, they're centers because they're the best player on their team and coaches always want most of their best players in the middle of the ice, even if they aren't true centers. So yeah, I don't think he stays a center. It's the same thing as like in the NFL draft where, you know, a 300 pound defensive lineman gets drafted and we're rolling tape of him returning kicks in high school. <laughs> right. It's like the best, they're the best athlete on their team. Plays like, both sides, running everything, back. You know, like it's yeah. the same kind of thing in, in hockey with the, with the guys up the middle. So many of those guys are going to move. Yeah. So, oh, I guess it's, uh, I have Vegas. You sure do. Uh, they love the WHL for obvious reasons. They love the WHL. So, uh, naturally I'm going to ignore it completely and I'm just going to take the the guy that I think is the best left on the board and I'm going to go with Marat Kuznadinov. and I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the high end offensive Russian talent and they need, they need a spark somewhere. He's not very big, but Holy smokes. Is he super duper skilled? And he is a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's getting way underrated. And he is a dude that I would say, low-key, keep an eye on at 25, because the Avs aren't afraid of Russians, and they love skill like this kid has. Not a guy we've talked about a ton. I do... I wonder about him in the NA, in the MHL, because he has all the time in the world in that league to do whatever he wants. Kind of, kind of a Mirov like where you watch him and it's like this guy is so much better than all these other yep. dudes. Yep. But I, we were talking about Matt Calvert earlier. This guy plays like Matt Calvert a little bit. He wait, you're betting on more skill with him, but in a, in a league full of Russian kids who don't chase down pucks hard, he's one of the few that is doing it every single time down the ice. Well, it's kind of like when we saw Pod Colson last year yeah. uh, get drafted, where you're like, this, he doesn't fit like the Russian archetype of your one-way kind of, you know, Amirov fits way more of that with yes, your electric yeah. offensive player who's not a super high-effort guy. Uh, Kuznodinov's not like that. He he doesn't mess around. He's 200 yeah. feet all day, all all game long. See puck, get puck kind of yeah, style. Yeah, goes and then and he gets, gets hard after it. Yeah. On top of it, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a guy whose game I low key love. So this is just my ex- this is my excuse, and I and I love the way Vegas drafts. I love the way they draft. They draft the way I would draft. So this is so why this is, when I get to be their GM, I get to take who I want. That's a fact, and you know this is the thing with the Germans and with this, all these European players. They don't have a ton of eyes on them. They don't have a lot of viewings because um, scouts couldn't go over there with COVID. And everything's on tape, and there's not a lot of tape either. Um, so um, there could be a guy like him that just is a lot better um, than he's being rated because people just haven't seen him enough. And yeah. scouts are very uncomfortable with rating guys um, that they haven't seen enough. And so this could be a year where you take a guy like that, and he's a lot, lot better than most people thought. 
True. I, I, yeah. I like Kuznetinov, and I think he's a guy I watch on on draft night. Yep, I I'm with you on that. I don't know who has Dallas. Rudo, do you have, I Dallas? have Dallas? I do yeah. have Dallas. Yeah. Pick uh, pick somebody terrible. I I'm not in. I could pick Clevin right there, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, as much as I'd like to, I don't think. I guess I could give him Greg. <laughs> Um, I don't think they go D. They picked Harley last year. They got Haskin in a couple of years ago. They have Essa Lindell locked up forever. I don't think they're really looking on the D side. And they're a they're a hockey team whose offense was borderline disastrous in the regular season. So I think they can use some help. They do have Ty Delandria in their system, which is a nice piece. But other than that, there's not a ton out there. And I I went back and forth here. I don't want to give him Greg. If I'm the GM, I'm not giving him Greg. Uh, I thought about giving them Tyson Forrester, but I think they really are going to like Jake Neighbors instead. Uh, hardworking guy, maybe yeah. not the offensive upside, but as we're starting to see Jamie Ben decline in his ability to to provide a little bit of edge for them, Neighbors obviously not as big, but he can play a, a pretty heavy game when he wants to. So I'm going with Neighbors for them. I think he makes the most sense. They're they're a team that likes to draft out of Canadian leagues as well. So yeah, I hate that pick for them. I had Jake Neighbors could be hard to play against. Yeah, uh, whether he, you know that's that's right up Dallas and San Jose's mo. But you know I think both of those teams, if the if the draft falls this way, they're going to get a lot of calls for people that want you know, defensemen and they want to move up a little bit because this is like starting right at the beginning of the second into the first is where a lot of defensemen start to start to pile up again. It'll be interesting on draft day. Yeah. That as much as we want the Avs to stay in the first, if there are teams clamoring for D and you can get value, it might be hard to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, so I've got the last pick. Yep, finish it off with San Jose for us. This one's tough, man. There are there are a number of guys that I really like here. Um, that are not on this yeah, board that we're looking at right here. <laughs> Foodie. No, no, I'm not looking at. I'm not thinking about foodie here. Um, you know, I think I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm San Jose's GM, and I have absolutely no downside to doing whatever I want. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Poor EA. <laughs> so I'm gonna take Luke Evangelista. Wow. What? Who is a guy that I think is getting crazy mad love in the NHL and could sneak into that first round? And I love the I I love the the two way play and the creativity and I think that he gets he fills out a little bit more uh, physically and this is a guy that fits so much of what San Jose does well. This is exactly the kind of guy that they can draft and develop into a into a stud in a few years. Okay. Bam! Finish with a grenade. 
wasn't even on my radar. Yeah, I don't want the Evangelista in the first if it's me personally, but I if you I believe like in their system, I've... I I I hear you there. I'm not a huge fan of any of the guys that were that were kind of left over at forward there. At that point, honestly, I'm I'm looking at someone like Grands even maybe, but yeah, I consider Grands, um, but really it was it was it was really him or Smolanic. Yeah, I I just can't quite it, I don't quite get it with Smolanic. What don't you get? I just like don't the love. Yeah, I don't get the love. I don't. I'm not okay. The offensive upside, I I just can't bring myself to buy it. Okay. Not, not convinced in the translation. Anyway. So who in Bob's list did we leave off the first? Uh, Greg? Greg yeah. Forrester. Yeah. Um, uh, Forrester, yeah. Let, I can pull it up. If you give me just one second. I there think was, that's it. I think we had one more maybe but not many it was it was pretty much most of the first guys went went in the first yeah we only left a couple guys at the end yep so nothing uh grands the, the old, was on there grands is 31 is it yeah nothing too crazy as far as people getting into the first round but some interesting ordering top to bottom to say the least yeah <laughs> kind of shook out. That's kind of how the real draft ends up working, anyway. But you know the the history for for the Avalanches, um, they rarely in the first round. Now, granted, they haven't picked this low since uh, Jonas Johansson, which is a million years ago. But they typically don't try to reach on a guy. Fun fact: Jonas Johansson played in the ECHL for the Carolina Stingrays. <laughs> under assistant coach Jared Bednar. Yep. That is a fun fact. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like a fun fact coming up, but that is a fun fact. Ooh, I, I watched that. that kid at rookie camp and I was convinced he was like the next, you know, Joe Sackick. He's just so smooth. And man, that guy could not do anything when he got hit. It was are like we the Mike rookie camp this year. Like, what are we going to have a dev camp a week yeah, after the draft? Are we going to get to meet the kids? Is there gonna, I, any of this shit's going to happen? Like, I, can I just go to Canada and I don't miss anything? I don't think you're going to miss a darn thing. I don't think you're going to be able to. Well, maybe media will go to camp, but I, you know, I, that, that stuff's going to be closed down. I think if they're going to start, if they're going to start in December, I don't see they're not going to let fans into. It'll be the first training camp I've missed since. 1998. I can't imagine they let fans in if they're doing it anytime soon, but yeah, I mean, sad. we don't even have a, a hard start date for next year, so we'll see, but I'm looking through, actually, and the Avs really don't have a lot of successful picks in the 20s. No. They have Wolski and Parker, basically. And Parker played 300 games. Yeah. And then you can sort of count Denis, who had a 350-game career, but just not with the Avs. I mean, this is where the Avalanche blew it in the 2000s. You know, they they had a fantastic team, as we all know, and they were perennials, and their drafting was horrible. Just horrible. And then they paid for it from 2005 until 
you know, the recent era that we're experiencing. You know, it was a solid five to 10 years of misery. And so while the Avs are in great position, they still need to get these low draft picks correct. It's super yeah. important for the future of the franchise that they they can't just mail this stuff in. They can't take flyers and guys who don't work out. First round draft picks are just crucial for um, for for the health of uh, hockey teams in the future. Well, you look at you look at St. Louis is a great example of this. We said that they'd had a couple of dry years, and when you get a little hyper competitive, you start trading them away. You start taking away, you know, Pittsburgh, another example. Um, these, If you can't develop, you know, Pittsburgh at least develops the hell out of their mid-round guys. But with St. Louis, you know, they don't have anybody that's young. It's like Robert Thomas. Um, I guess if you really like Cairo, it's really important that you get these right. It's really important that these guys turn into ELCs that you play in the NHL. That these guys, that when they're still cost-effective they're playing roles for your team because you're going to have to pay your stars. And the Avs have now accumulated the stars to the point where, you know, they're going to have to, they're going to have to pay them. They're going to have to give them raises. They're going to have to constantly be worried about where the cap space is going to come from. And instead of spending $9 million on a fourth line, they're going to have to spend three and a half million dollars on a fourth line. And that comes through ELCs. Yep, absolutely. The bill comes due, and uh, that's why uh, you hope that um, um, kids like Newhook and, and those can start taking some ELCs, and then when it comes to the Cadre decision in a few years that they can plug in. But, yeah, the end of this draft is important. Even if these guys aren't top six, even if it's you know a Jake Neighbors that's just a solid two-way player and he's a bona fide NHL player, that's an important pick for a franchise at that part of the draft. Yeah, and all the way across, first-round picks are the bread and butter of, of NHL teams. The St. Louis Blues had eight first-round picks on their team this year. As I mean, the bubble is what the bubble happened, but the Blues or the Avs, one of those teams are going to win the Western Conference this year. Certainly, at least the Central Division. So the reality is teams are made up of first-round picks. And the Avs have a chance to extend their window of opportunity in this draft, even if it is a later round one. But yeah, this guy, this guy that they drafted 25 will probably be the face of the wave after the next yeah. wave, because the next wave you're thinking these are, these are Cal Bowers, Timmons, uh, Byram and new hook. Those are the guys who are like the face of the next wave, right? This right. guy, whoever this guy is, it's probably it's probably two three years out. You're talking about the next when wave after that. Have to pay McKinnon. These are their young kids who they have to put on yep. their roster. And can they get the job done for the Abs? Because yep. yep. McKinnon's making fourteen plus a year. Yep. When when Comfer's current contract ex, uh, expires and he's a UFA and he wants to get paid four and a half million, you cut him loose because of whoever yeah. you draft at twenty five. I agree with that. I don't care how much you love the guy. You gotta, you gotta do what makes sense for the franchise. And then who knows what the cap's going to do here in the next three years. Yep. I think that's about it. We've ran pretty long on today's show, but we got the full draft in for you. Uh, if you missed some of it, you can always watch it back over on YouTube. Please go yeah. over there and subscribe, like the videos. It's huge for us. And please, 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 please tune in 
on Tuesday. Dario will be there for the live draft show at the bar at the bar on the set. We're going hard for the draft. So Monday's show be a GM show. Yep. So your GM submissions, uh, email them to me. Um, AJ at the DNVR.com. And we will go through them on the show. And then Rudo and I, as we did last year, we will make our own, what we do at the draft, what we do in free agency, what we do in trade, be a GM show on Monday. Send all of your submissions into us, get them in over the weekend, give you a couple of days to think about it. I would prefer if you guys use cap friendly or Puckpedia's tools to create your rosters and you do it that way. That way I don't have to read huge <laughs> chunks of paragraphs trying to figure out what moves got made. I don't mind a little explanation, but please like, be mindful that we are going to go through a lot of these. So get those in this weekend. Be a GM show on Monday. There you go. You heard the All man. Right. We're out of here for the day. Dario, thank you for coming on and doing the mock draft with us. Thanks for having me. Wear your leader hose in on Tuesday. There you go. Let's go. NHL draft. Come get drunk with us at the bar. We're out of here. Thank you for listening to another episode of Free Skate Friday, however you consume the podcast. And I cannot wait. We will see y'all again on Monday. Peace.